If you're a woman over 40 dealing with hot flashes, insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, or weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. The experts at Midi Health know all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes of menopause. And Midi can help with safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. Brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, achy joints, weight gain. Maybe you're thinking they're all just part of getting older. Or that's what your doctor tells you. But Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all be connected. Hormonal changes that happen during perimenopause and menopause are at the root of dozens of symptoms women experience, not just hot flashes. Midi specializes in compassionate care for women in menopause. Their solutions are safe, effective, and FDA-approved. Plus, they're covered by insurance. A convenient telehealth visit with a Midi clinician can be your first step to getting personalized care. They'll tailor a treatment plan for your symptoms and health history, so you can get back to feeling great. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. When your body changes, your care should too. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. That's joinmidi.com. Government expands, liberty contracts. Funny, sometimes American journalists talk about how bad a country is because people are lining up for food. That's a good thing. First of all, I think he missed his time. Please clap. It's the Ricochet Podcast with Peter Robinson and Rob Long. I'm James Lilacs, and today we talk to Kimberly Strassel of the Wall Street Journal, and it's the launch of the long pole. Let's have ourselves a podcast. It's the Ricochet Podcast, everyone. It's number 463, and we assume you've been here for at least 462 of those. If not, well, go back in the archives and find them somewhere on iTunes, somewhere back in the dim, distant memory before our current situation manifested itself. But at least our current situation gives us something to talk about. Rob Long will be here to add his two cents in a second. Peter, you're there right now. I am indeed. Um, I- I, I, we have a list of things to talk about, including Donald Trump and the Sharpie. On I his, couldn't care less about I Sharpie couldn't Gate. care less either. I w- actually, I would like to recap briefly a discussion you and I were having because it's fascinating and it touches on on how young this country is, which you realized when you attended another funeral, not quite as close a family member as last time when you buried your dad, but you went back to North Dakota to bury your aunt. Mm-hmm. And why did that put you in mind of how young the country is? Well, because her husband, um, my uncle, his mother knew somebody who fought in the Civil War. Knew I mean, somebody, it, not re, not not was well, descended from. He had knew a, somebody. I had a distant memory of that old man in the corner there, who uh, Charlie Newton, who fought in the Civil War. Uh, North Dakota is a young place. It's a young state, yes. and it's remarkable the civilization they built. And that's the thing that struck me as I drove from uh, Minneapolis to Fargo up Highway 10, was this this sense that I'm traveling through a part of the country that certain people don't like existing. It requires cars. It requires petroleum. It requires plastic straws. It requires a whole bunch of stuff. And when you get up there and you, and you, you, you live in a place where essentially things work and things are clean and disorder is not lapping and gnawing at you at every moment of the day, I, I mean, I, I realize that Norman Rockwell upbringing I had may have given me a false sense of how the world actually works, but it does work up there. And they built something remarkable in North Dakota. But James, if, when you say that things work, does that include families? Yes, although I'm sure they're, they're subject to the same strains and stresses that they have before. But right. they're building a they're building a new school about every other day, so that tells me that they're having families and that they're reasonably right. sticking together. I mean, when it's that cold that often, you, you, you people tend to huddle together. Is all I'm <laughs> There's at, at the old small church in the plains where I were, attended the funeral. It's 120 years old. I don't know. 
exactly how old. There's a stained glass window of the founders, and one of them is an old relative of mine. And there's a book that I read. I mentioned this before, I think. There's a book I've read about early pioneer life in which this man went out to get his stock because a live uh, because a, a blizzard had hit, and he got lost from the house, and he found a dead cow. And the only way he could survive the night was to cut it open and sleep inside, which he did. And I always thought it'd be amusing if he woke up the next day and he was about four feet from the house. But you know, that's what he did. <laughs> the scene from Star Wars that I saw when I was a kid actually happened to one of my forebears because those are your choices. Die or get inside a dead cow. And it breeds a different sort of spirit, I think, than people who maybe right. grow up in a big city and uh, sort of have the belief that food just appears magically at the chock full of nuts because of uh, the magic commerce fairies. So as I was saying, though, I mean, Sharpie Gate, I don't care. Um, the president said something, did something weird. Big surprise. Britain, the whole thing. I'm waiting to see how that plays out. Really, at this moment, we could say something and it would be overtaken by events in a day. What fascinated me this week was that climate change seven hour marathon show. And what it said about the candidates in the party. <laughs> Fascinating because you watched it? Uh, well, I watched portions of it. I mean, I watched the, the, the cleverly selected and highly edited versions intended to reinforce my views. But um, <laughs> I did. Rob, welcome. Glad Thank to join you. us. I'm sorry, I was just racing here thanks to uh, um, a lot of uh, traffic. I imagine they're all on their way to the Mugabe uh, um, morning, the funeral, to the, funeral yeah. to the wake, to the to the to the morning ceremonies. But we, we were beginning to talk about the the climate debate and what it showed about the party. Either of you want to take on what you took away from the things, the emanations, the penumbras of uh, what you heard? I'll let Rob go. <laughs> I, I, um, uh, honestly, uh, a yeah. small point, and then I really will let Rob go. I am just numb. At this point. Yeah. And this campaign has barely begun. And I'm already just numb to the other side, meaning I, I, I can hardly believe at some basic level, even now, how far left the Democratic Party is moving. And and it, it, I keep thinking, wait a minute, of course, reality, political reality, what I think of as political reality, will it reassert itself? And it just doesn't. So this weird cognitive dissonance is in my head, and I just, I just can barely, I, I just sort of numb. It's like brain freeze. Yeah, it's, it's, it's strange. I mean, it always reminds me of the thing where, um, you know, whenever you're in, in in show business, whenever you're dealing with a crazy person, usually an actor, <laughs> you have to let them get the crazy out. And I remember um, talking to someone who was managing a very, very wonderful actor and a really, really great person, like a, re a great guy. And he said, listen, we're going to sit down, we're going to have dinner, and he's going to talk a lot, and it's going to sound crazy. Let him get the crazy out. And then it'll get normal. Um, and it kind of exactly what happened. It was, none of it was bad. It was just, it was just was if I hadn't had that warning, I would have been alarmed. And so the question you have to ask yourself when you're in politics is, okay, is this the Democratic Party, or is this a, what a party does to right. get the crazy out? Right. But we, what we, we can say, I mean, I mean, and I don't think Donald Trump is crazy. But uh, he was a crazy choice in the sense of like completely unexpected and totally not within the model and a, a, right. a, a radical shift, uh, a historic total outlier in terms of Republican Party politics. Uh, the, the, the Republican Party in 2016 did not let the crazy out. It nominated the crazy. And the question is, <laughs> is that the way American politics in general is going? I mean, we, we tend to think of like Republicans and Democrats do different things, always different times. And those people, primary voters in either parties are totally different. But they're really not. Um, I mean, they have different policies, but they don't really have different, you know, uh, uh, outlines and characteristics. So, well, I, I I don't know. I mean, I, I what's what's uh, what's strange to me is that the that the 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 big fat middle is so undefended right now. Like, right. like uh, you know, most Americans are like, well, yeah, you know. I bet you there's something to the climate change stuff, and I'll mm -hmm. bet there's stuff we could do that'd be better for the environment. Everybody wants clean water. Everybody wants clean air. Everybody wants lots of green space for their children. Um, sure. I, I, but I'm, I don't want to get my cheeseburger. And also, natural gas is a perfect solution for this and technology right. and all right. sorts of things. That, right. like, I'm not – I mean, but their argument is no more burgers, Right, and I feel like that's like so weird to me. It's like it's like psychosis. Why can't 
Why isn't anybody just standing up there shrugging and saying, give me a break? Come on. Well, all you have to do to be defending the middle is just simply not take up their arguments. To, to, to fight back against the burger banners is, is is taking up the mantle of the undefended. There are two kinds of crazy, though, Rob. I mean, there's the crazy person who sits there across the dinner table and saying, I'm converting everything I own to pennies, and I'm going to give every one of those pennies away by placing them on benches, but the benches have to be oriented north to south. <laughs> That's a sort of philanthropic crazy that doesn't have any effect, but it's crazy, but, you know, it's, it's, it's harmless. And then there's the crazy across from the dinner table that says, everybody is actually a lizard robot from the center of the earth and i'm going to cut them all i'm going to cut them all i mean so the the the, the crazy that you're seeing perhaps from this from the uh from the right side of the aisle <laughs> you, the keep, end result, the, you keep up those examples a little too close little yes too exactly close. I gotta say. but the end with the end what, what's the <laughs> end result easily. of the crazy if the end result of the crazy is more freedom more prosperity the expand the, the diminution of the state and the actual ability to choose a bleeping light bulb that you want to choose right. then th- that crazy is okay. When the other side of the crazy is saying that by some strange coincidence, this climate crisis, this imminent looming emergency, by some odd aligning of the stars, the only things we we can do to save ourselves perfectly align with the ideological premises of our party. Yeah, right, what a right. miracle that is. Right. And what bothers and, me is not that the middle is not being defended. It's that nobody is telling them exactly that everything that these people want to do results in the diminution of your liberty and the expansion of the state. They're all about control. You want to talk authoritarian? Yeah. Look at the people who want to tell you where to drive, where to live, how to get there. And it's what all so and it's also specific, right? It's like mm-hmm. right there in your house. It's all so specific. That's what I find so weird about it. Like it, it really it gets into your light bulbs and your burger, your lunch. It's like, wow, that's there's you're not part of the problem. But yeah. you know, but Edge Edge said you're part of the problem. He went on after that to say, you know, but we can fix that problem. But I, I mean, there was there's this discussion that I saw yesterday on Twitter between a a, a very a fa- fairly well known film critic and television writer who I respect and like a lot. But sometimes when he gets into politics, it's peculiar. He gave me the perfect example of an old-style liberal being swamped by modern events in which he said that plastic straws should go. He hates plastic. Paper should be the default. But if anybody requests, they should be able anywhere to get a plastic or metal straw. Well, he was set upon by all sides. Yeah. And event one of the things that he said was that he believed that it should in order to make sure that plastic choice was available to people, it should be illegal to deny it or to ask why you need it. And this is a perfect example of these new de- you know, the sort of new frontier great society guys, isn't it? Here's something which was previously uncriminalized. The state had right. nothing to do with it yes, saying exactly. all of a sudden yeah. we are going to make a law regarding this most elemental of human transactions and nobody would ever be prosecuted. Nobody would ever be charged. But there it is. There's a law. There's a new illegality about questioning somebody. So I, I I, I, I mean, when 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 they can't realize how idiotic they seem and how micromanaging their life they appear to right. most people. Shame. Uh, perfect example, and I would like to take it one step farther. What this demonstrates is how religious this has become to them, how far from anything rational, how far from anything empirical, because the notion of making it illegal for somebody to deny a splat deny someone who requests a plastic straw follows exactly the pattern of religious carve-outs. The state requires everybody to go to war, except those with a religious conscience exemption. The state requires every institution to provide contraceptives in, in insurance unless you have a religious objection. It, 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 it is as though they could, the idea that anybody would just like a plastic straw because it really, there's no evidence that plastic straws cause any harm to the environment above and beyond what paper straw, and that anybody would like one because it doesn't yeah. collapse. It's an, it's an act of religious faith requiring that they disagree and, with us. We'll give them a carve out. Unbelievable. And it really is, I mean, it is amazingly personal. I went to Japan a few years ago. I wrote about this in National Review. I went to Japan a few years ago, and I discovered that the Japanese have really, really cool toilets. I knew you were going and, there. Uh, I yeah, knew it. And in, in a sense, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to talk around the issue. But you, everybody knows what the issue is. There's jets and nozzles and water, and it, it's it's really fantastic. At first, it's alarming and terrifying. And then it's like, whoa, this is civilized. It's civilization, right? The Japanese have perfected this thing. 
Um, and I got back to L.A. and I went to the fancy appliance store, uh, and there they have a few of those. And I said, oh, they hey, do? how much are these? Yeah, can I get one? And the first thing he says, well, wait, where do you live? I'm like, well, I live in L.A. Like, well, do you live in L.A., L.A., or do you live in Santa Monica? Because in Santa Monica, the city has banned these because they use a little too much water, apparently. Yep. So oh. the city is now telling you, the government is now telling you exactly how you must do this process hygienic human process that that's how close they are to you they want to be inside the bathroom with you and that to me was like and we both laughed like what on earth um and then uh, they, they, they could have been they could install them in la and i thought about it and i thought well i don't know about it was they were like fourteen hundred dollars or something i said well you know that's i can i can live the way i'm living now uh but I just thought it was remarkable that somebody in Santa Monica City government thought, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. No, you can't do that. (laughs) Just wait until they start to regulate the actual thickness of the toilet paper, and then people will be lumped into two groups, the one-ply and the two-ply. Oh, look at that guy over there. Look at Mr. Top Hat two-ply over there. The rest of us have had the government-mandated one-ply. Hey, listen, uh, when it comes to uh, getting hosed, as Rob was sort of describing, credit cards will do that to you, and so will the interest. For years, for decades, the credit cards, they've been telling you, buy it now, pay for it later <clears throat> with interest. Yeah. Well, despite your best intentions, right, that, that interest debt gets out of control really fast. Well, with Lending Club, you can consolidate your debt or pay off your credit cards with one fixed monthly payment. Since 2007, Lending Club has helped millions of people regain control of their finances with affordable, fixed. Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov slash careers. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring a laundry oh a book club computer solitaire huh ah oh, sorry we were looking for chumba casino that's right chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino style games join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes chumbacasino.com no straight personal loans no trips to the bank no high-interest credit cards, no. Just go to LendingClub.com, tell them about yourself, how much you want to borrow, pick the terms that are right for you, and if you're approved, your loan is automatically deposited in your bank account in as little as a few days. Now, Lending Club is the number one peer-to-peer lending platform with over $35 billion in loans issued. So go to LendingClub.com slash ricochet. Check your rate in minutes and borrow up to $40,000. That's LendingClub.com slash ricochet. Blendingclub.com slash ricochet. All loans made by a web bank, member FDIC, equal housing lender. And our thanks to Lending Club for sponsoring this, the Ricochet Podcast. And now we welcome to the podcast Kim Strassel, member of the editorial board for the Wall Street Journal. She writes editorials as well as the weekly Potomac Watch political column from her base in Washington, D.C. She's got a new book, Resistance at All Costs, How Trump Haters Are Breaking America. It's available for pre-order and comes out October 15th. You can, of course, follow her on that old uh, Twitter thing, at Kim Strassel. Welcome. Hey, tell us about the book. Um, a lot of people would say that resistance is necessary, that Trump himself is breaking America into parts like a cold bar of taffy smashed with a hammer. But uh, your point is actually that, no, the resistance and what it's doing is one of the things that's uh, taken the country in a bad direction. Well, this is the conventional wisdom that it is Trump that is the wrecking ball. Um, and I, I deal with that in the book and look at it. And I think the reality is, is a fair appraisal of it. If you step back, 
yes, Trump's rhetoric is certainly unlike anything we've had in a modern presidency. Um, and you could maybe argue that there has been damage to the reputation and office of the presidency. But if you take a really close look at his departments and the people he put in charge there, many of them are constitutional conservatives, and they've gone out of their way to not do the things that were so prevalent in the Obama administration. For instance, uh, erecting legislation by going around Congress or changing the law willy-nilly when it doesn't work for you, as happened in Obamacare, or issuing executive orders that accomplish things that you can't do through the law. Um, and so my argument is that if you look at the resistance to him and the damage that they are doing, uh, it will be more lasting in terms of institutions. I mean, look at our Senate confirmation process and the way that that was destroyed with Brett Kavanaugh. Uh, look at the loss of um, uh, belief and, and respect for the Department of Justice and FBI, given the actions they took against the Trump campaign. And the book details a number of examples like that. Kim, Peter Robinson here. You have been, first of all, I just want to say thank you. Because among major print journalists, there's a, the Fox News and talk radio has been after James Comey and on the story of the deep state. But there's a difference between what they do and what a serious reporting journalist does in print. And you're it. You have just stayed with that story from the beginning. And it, it, it just a little praise because it, in my mind, it represents one of the great sustained acts of American journalism in the last decade at least. So thank you for that. Oh, well, that is incredibly kind. Thank you. No, no. I'm lucky it, to have a newspaper that backs me up. In yes. Stuff. Well, that, we are all lucky to have the Wall Street Journal. So James Comey and the IG report, was it just about dead on what you expected? Were there surprises in there for you? It was, well, I was thrilled to see it, by the way. And I know that there are a lot of people out there that are that are unhappy that Jim Comey, you know, isn't getting strung up in an orange jumpsuit, that he isn't going to jail. Um, yes. And, you know, I, I think it was a tough call for um, the attorney general here. I do believe that had they tried to bring uh, charges against him for leaking classified information, they would have had a very hard time making it thick in court, in part because Jim Comey was so clever about how he did this. He purposely yes. did not subject his own memos to a classification review prior to his leaving. And so it was it was retroactive. So that would have been hard to do. But right. I am thrilled, look, that the IG, they called him out. Uh, it, it was a devastating report. It, it named all of the policies and regulations and his own employment agreement that he violated. It, 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 it was critical of him in the harshest of terms. Um, and I think that this is very encouraging because when we see the ultimate IG report, what it means, at least for me, is that this is an IG who's not scared to go over the people in the highest power uh, that ha are media darlings, that he's going to call them as he sees them. The one thing that did surprise me, and I think is also an interesting sign, is that the IG also went out of his way to include some information that was very eye-opening, including the fact that when Jim Comey gave that additional uh, initial briefing and January 6, 2017, to the president-elect, mm -hmm. which was supposedly about telling the president about the Russian interference in our election, that in fact, Jim Comey went in there uh, having ho hopeful that the president would actually say something incriminating and immediately went back and reported to his investigatory team that was running this counterintelligence investigation. So that briefing was done under duplicitous circumstances. It was uh, a setup. The IG is aware of that. It was a setup. He was going in there. He purposely did not tell the president about the counterintelligence investigation, which is an astonishing thing all on its own, by the way. The FBI right. has long claimed that Donald Trump was not the focus of this. Well, this proves that that's not the case, that he was always in the center of their sights. Kim, another question. Let me just name three names. <laughs> and you t you tell me what we're supposed to make of the notion that our intelligence agencies were being run by these three people for many years. Comey, Clapper, and Brennan. Yeah. Discuss. Well, let's not Discuss. be... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, look, I don't think any of us should be naive and think that even the heads of intelligence agencies aren't partisans or Democrats or Republicans. But I will say that in past, 
we have tended to have people nominated for those positions who keep those impulses in check and understand that they have some of the most serious jobs in the country and they can't mess around with politics in them. You can't let that drive things. I think these three guys, simply from the, the comments that they have made since they left office, um, and the positions that they have taken uh, tell you all you needed to know about how they ran those offices when they were there, which is highly disturbing. They're clearly deeply partisan actors, and that should make us very suspicious of their motives and what they were doing uh, in the wake of the Trump election, uh, because it, it, it seems as though they were all engaged in the setup of the incoming president and in trying to cover their own actions, having spent the prior six, eight months trying to bring down that that, that campaign. Right. Kim, I have one more question. I know James and uh, Rob Long want to get back, get in here, but here, last question for me is as follows. The press, we now have it on record in the IG's report, what you've been reporting for months, and that is that, I hate to use the term, but I'll go ahead and use it. There was a deep state in the sense that there was, at least we know this much, the FBI under James Comey was behaving as if it were a law unto itself. They chose to put the president-elect under investigation to lie to him about whether he, what investigation was taking place. This was straightforwardly in violation of correct constitutional arrangements. And who's been on the story? Kim Strassel and, and, and. How do you, how do you explain, let alone grade, how do you explain the response to this story of the, of the rest of the press? <laughs> well, the grade is obviously an F. Right. But I mean, the explanation is, is outright hatred for the current occupant of the White House. And look, Look, all of us in the press, we don't always like the person who's there. Uh, you know, the Wall Street Journal editorial page has been critical often of Trump policies here or there, but we've always felt that our obligation was to look at him critically the way we look at any critically. Like we praise the things he does that we think are good for freedom and for free people and free economies, and we, we criticize those or don't. We just try to run, that, run him through that lens. Uh, the rest of the press, so much of it, has been incapable of doing that. And so a story that normally they would be all over, right? The mm -hmm. monitoring by the FBI of U.S. citizens, the, the monitoring of a presidential campaign, uh, the abuse of power of some of the most highly placed officials in the country, they wanted nothing to do with it. And instead, they were willing to run fact-free narratives right. fed to them by this sort of former power abusers um, and never, never do a gut check. Hey, Kim, it's Rob Long. Thanks for joining us. So I, I get it. I get that from the press, right? I understand the press are pretty much partisan political operatives for the Democratic Party. They're not not even liberal anymore. They're just mostly pro-Dem. And I get it. So I understand why they're going after this guy. They, of course, they, they would go after this guy if his name was Mitt Romney. Um, but I, in all the Republican insiders that I know, and of course, you know, I'm a rhino, so I know tons. Uh, when when Trump was elected, they kind of said, well, that's, it's going to be weird. But, you know, they all kind of looked and rolled their eyes up. But, you know, he's going to be here for 24 hours and he's going to figure it out. And he's like, he's going to he's going to be well within. You know, there's nothing to worry about. He's going to be a standard Republican president. Um and I got that sense that Washington was kind of huff, you know, like, yes, it was it was a good story and a circus for the rubes. But, you know, the minute those guys come to D.C., we'll teach them what's what. We did it with Clinton. We did it with George W. We did it with all of them. And we did it with Reagan. We're going to do it with him. So why suddenly did the deep state like to try to why did they target this guy who seemed I mean, maybe I'm Pollyanna here. He seemed so ripe for. The kind of Washington moderation that you expect in a politician. He seemed so ripe for it. He didn't have an ideological underpinning. He had been a Democrat in the past. He was kind of uh, a show business figure, basically. Why did they? Why did they poke the bear? I don't get it. <laughs> well, look. First of all, I do agree with you. I think that had a lot of people played their cards differently, if they hadn't met this presidency with such immediate hostility, um, that there would have been an opportunity to have molded the president more in the way that they wanted to. And I, and I don't mean that in a bad way, like suggesting that, you know, Trump 
uh, is just someone to to lead around, uh, right. but more just that this is a guy who likes to make a deal, right? And he right. likes he wants to get stuff done. So you know, but here's my theory. So what you're fundamentally asking is, you know, how did we get to a point where the FBI thought yeah. it was a good idea? Too. And and my, you know, some people go, oh, the partisan FBI. I don't buy that. I don't think Jim Comey, the definition of partisan is someone who sits around and is like, I don't like the policies of this guy. I'm going to oppose mm-hmm. them. I don't think Jim Comey had a problem with, you know, Trump's tax policies or anything like that. I think Jim Comey was one of the first undiagnosed cases of Trump derangement syndrome. Yes, he yes. He right. freaked out over the guy. And then they set a, a train in motion. And then, you know, one of the points I make in this book that's coming out is, remember, everything that the FBI did, no one knew it was going on. And the expectation also was that Hillary Clinton was going to win. And I think what really turned what was some bad ideas into a cataclysmically ugly event was when they realized Trump had won and that he was going to find out what they had done. And then came the attempts to get the dossier out there to make it look as though what they had done was responsible and right. And that was the circus we've dealt with for the past two years. And in a way, I mean, there's sort of a Jungian thing going on here because they (laughs) keep thinking he's going to fold and he keeps doubling down. They keep thinking that, well, I mean, surely he will shrink in the uh, in in the face of the FBI or the or the the, the House Judiciary or somebody or or the, the the collected sort of wise people and 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 deep state institutions that exist in D.C. Surely he will crumble, and he never crumbles. In fact, he just doubles down and that's louder. And it's almost as if what they don't understand is he's the echo. They're creating him. They are. He feeds off of their anger and. Do you think it's ever going to dawn on? I mean, certainly not going to dawn on Comey. Anyone can dawn on, on anyone that, that the way you handle somebody like this is not to is not to be aggressively uh, negative, but instead to sort of you know make a deal. I mean, a lot of banks Sadly, make deals. I, yeah. I, I don't think they will get it. Okay, and I mean that's a real shame too because there are some real things that could be getting yeah. done in Congress. Yeah. Um, you know, that the people agree on, right? Everyone agrees that we need an immigration fix. Okay. Right. Everybody right. agrees right. Right. that, you know, a, a, a new Mexico trade deal would probably be in people's interest. Like everyone agrees that infrastructure needs to happen. But so you have Democrats that rather than doing that, and he would do it with open arms. He's like, come on, yeah. let's, let's get it done. But um, they're, they're too invested in impeachment. They're being run by their progressive base at the moment, um, which is demanding, you know, they want nothing except for the end of Trump. But I, I can't agree with you more. He's, he's never going to stop because he's right. A, not conventional, but B, he now believes that he's under onslaught. And he has right. some reason to believe that. And so even, even the worst accusations that are leveled against him, he's able to put them to the side and say, look, right. fake news, this is what they do to me. I, I've got nothing to apologize for. They're, they're on a campaign. It reminds me of that great Kissinger quote that even paranoids have real enemies. <laughs> It's, that is, we could say that every day. <laughs> <laughs> Hi, Kimberly James Lilacs here in Minneapolis, Minnesota. Every day we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, Join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov slash careers. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire. Huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. 
That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No you know, the other day I was on the highway and I passed a car. Bumper sticker said, Buy American. Putin certainly did. And I thought, <laughs> okay, all right. <laughs> And oddly, oddly enough, I couldn't tell whether or not the guy had taken some razor blades to try to get it off his car. Probably he won't because he still believes it. Amongst the population, there's just an ironclad belief. Putin put Trump in office. But if you point out a story that says that new bank records show that the DNC infusion GPS actually did pay Christopher Steele for the dossier, a lot of people would roll their eyes and cross them because they would say, Fusion GPS, what's that? Steele, who's that? During Watergate, everybody knew about creep and Watergate and the, the plumbers and the dirty tricks. They knew all the, the nomenclature of everything that was going on. But today, among people who just sort of casually follow the news, there doesn't seem to be any comprehensive understanding of what exactly happened. They just, I, I just seen people wave it off and say, ah, you know, something was there, didn't work out, let's move along. When actually, what happened is quite significant. Is this because the media, you think, perhaps just didn't like the second phase of this story as much as they loved the first? Because the second phase sounds like it's going to get real messy and nasty and some people they like are going to get in trouble. No, that's exactly why. And by the way, it's not for lack of facts, right? I mean, I, I want to give a shout out, uh, despite the fact that most Americans don't know the story that you just detailed, Fusion, GPS, and the payments, and Christopher Steele, and how this all works. You know, the, the, there were members of the House Republican uh, committees and the Senate Republican committees that did yeoman's work here. They did an amazing investigation. By the way, right, they right, reached the right. conclusion that Bob Mueller reached a year before, and they had just as much information about everything that went on. But the press didn't want to hear it because they wanted to write it off as a partisan exercise and say, well, they're just covering for Trump. Well, no. In fact, if you go back and look at those reports that were put out by Devin Nunes, by Chuck Grassley in the Senate, they were dead on. And they were exactly the conclusions that Bob Mueller ended up presenting to the nation. And so the facts have been out there for a long time. But again, they don't they don't promote the narrative. And even now, I mean, the bitter enders are just hanging on, continuing. Adam Schiff, you know, the new head of the House Oversight Intelligence Committee, is still convinced that there's some unbelievable Trump-Russia tie-up that's happening via Deutsche Bank or something. We just don't know about it yet. I mean, we gave Bob Mueller unlimited resources, all the staff yes. in the world, and all the time he asked for to investigate every claim, no matter how crazy, and he came up with Bupkis. There's nothing there. There's nothing I, there. I, I know that Peter has the last question, but I just want to note, but all the press seems at sometimes not willing to construct the overarching narrative. I mean, I remember around election time, there was a story in the New York Times that the FBI, a government agency, had detected that there were Russian bank, Russian servers pinging Trump Tower computers. Okay, and then Trump later said, well, I'm being wiretapped by the Obama administration because obviously that's how they knew this stuff that they said. And then the story after that is crazy. Trump says Obama wiretapped him without any reference whatsoever to what started this in the first place. It's like they don't want to construct a narrative where elsewhere they're so eager to construct a narrative. Yeah. And by the way, watch for this. If it, you know, we're still waiting to find out who all had wiretaps on them. You know, some we know for certain, Carter Page, uh, I would wager that Michael Flynn, uh, there's been press reports that Paul Manafort, well, if they did indeed have a tap on Paul Manafort, he's, by the way, where did he live? He lived in Trump Tower. <laughs> and, you know, this was essentially what the president was saying, was that there was a wiretap in Trump Tower. I, I, you know, I'm not defending that or, or criticizing it, but you're right. They don't want to look at this. They just, everything that happens. They want to use it as another way to say the president is unhinged, he's not worthy of office, or he's somehow corrupt, or he's a crook, because they desperately want him gone. But, I mean, I think this goes back to Rob's point. In their desperation to do this, they've only hurt their own industry, and they haven't necessarily done anything to hurt him with his supporters. Um, right. And, in fact, they've kind of fueled a resistance that is producing for us a bunch of very crazy Democratic presidential candidates that may make it that much harder for Democrats to have a shot at winning the White House and accomplishing their only goal in the world. 
Kim, Peter here. Uh, the book again is Resistance at All Costs, How Trump Haters Are Breaking America. However, the pub date is not until October 15th, and we intend to have you back on once people can get on, can go to bookstores and buy the book. So this is a teaser. The real book interview is yet to come in a couple of weeks. Last question, Kim. In brief, will there be time? Will we actually get an accounting? This, uh, the Attorney General, William Barr, Apparently, investigations of one kind and another going on. The IG has issued one report, and yet we see that it, James McCabe, this miscreant from the FBI who got fired, just got hired by CNN. The press is still—will there be an accounting? Will, will, will the act of intellectual and legal hygiene that needs to take place take place? Yeah, I have every reason to believe that there will be. One is because what we have seen come out from the inspector general so far suggests that he is a straight arrow, that he cares very much about holding people to account, uh, whether it be law breaking or rule and regulation breaking. But the second reason I'm incredibly optimistic is, look, you know, Bill Barr needed this job like he needed a hole in his head. And he made it really clear in his confirmation hearings, and he's made it clear, I think, since that he took it precisely because he felt that the Department of Justice needed to have a house cleaning. That, you know, and it isn't just what happened at the FBI and the Department of Justice in terms of this investigation, a counterintelligence investigation into a presidential campaign, by the way. That's just still an astonishing statement to me. Um, but also, you know, thuggish prosecutors, uh, you know, special counsels gone awry. Um, there, there just needs to be some humility injected back into that department and uh, a remembrance that their job is not just to nail people to the wall and put them, but rather to enforce justice fairly, which also means sometimes exonerating people, too. And I, I think that was his whole view when he was there the first time around. It's pretty clear that once he went and he understands what went on here and he's determined to kind of root it out and have an accounting. And we'll get the rest of it in whatever comes out from John Durham, the U.S. attorney that he is named to look into this. Well, we can't wait for the appendix to your book, to the multiple appendixes in your book, as they describe uh, <laughs> what happens in the future. That book, by the way, is Resistance at All Costs, How Trump Haters Are Breaking America. Pre-order is available now at Amazon, and it comes out October 15th. Kim Strassel, thank you very much for joining us today. We'll talk to you in a month or so. Thank you. You guys are the best. I am an obsessive listener of your podcast. Oh, really? Yeah. That's good. Whoa. Well, well. Oh, no. well, now we have to revise our view of ourselves upwards. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> You just you just Thank changed you. the valuation of the company. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Kim. Yep. Well, that's great. That's great. You never know who's listening to the podcast, of course. You know, um, it's probably just because of Peter and his awesome role at X, because we know right that uh, you know, Peter has got at his fingertips can can summon up anybody connected to the uh, the uh, the deep state, right, Peter? I mean, you're oh oh I'm I'm yes yes I got I my tentacles reach deep. It's the you, you are a, you are a bathysphere into the swamp. <laughs> oh my goodness, I I anyway I this is I keep going on about this. I don't want to yammer along too, but back in the old days, and I just struck me over and over and over again. A, that the intelligence agencies, there was just a lot of stuff going on all the time. They had enormous discretion. And I, I'm talking about back when I was in the White House. And B, the only time I had a clearance that went up, what was it, secret or top secret? I did not have anything like the highest clearance. But I only read one piece of information ever in six years in the government that I didn't already know from reading the newspapers, one piece of class of supposedly classified information, and it was dirty tittle-tattle on some prime minister of some Caribbean island who apparently was having an affair with that, that, that. And that I hadn't read in the newspapers. Years later, I mentioned it to a former ambassador to that island, and he said, oh, everybody in the entire island knew about that. So I just, I've been, I've been, I just, you got to take these intelligence agencies with a grain of salt. They are run by human beings right. who face all the same temptations and all the same 
incentives as everybody else. Right. And, and if you're like, Rob, but hold on, Rob. I mean, okay. I know you right now. You're you're in New York, right? Oh, right. Okay, right. Yes. And and you're, you're you're fairly you're a paranoid guy, right? It's very paranoid. I, I have to lower my blinds. I'm so paranoid. Well, I'm just saying you as the kind of guy who would, who would lower them and then put his fingers between them and peek out <laughs> to see the guy who's standing under the lamppost smoking, watching you all those times. Yes, sure. it was rather inexpert and clumsy segue, but it must be done. <laughs> but it has to be done. But I was kind of proud of myself because I really didn't know where you were going. And then I thought, oh, I got it. So, you got anyway. it very quickly. You did very quickly. And might I add that your clumsiness kept me from establishing and taking that bit on for another minute or so. Eventually, I would have surprised you both. But no, Rob saw uh, the pretext uh, right away. What might um, have been. When I say blinds, a lot of you who listen to radio are going to say, I know where you're going with this. And you're right. Blinds.com. You've heard about blinds.com, right? I mean, if you've got your own blinds or whatever you have in your windows, sometimes it's, it's just an afterthought. You need something to cover it up. And you got something. You've been living with them. You forget what they look like. Eh. But with brand new made-to-order custom window coverings from Blinds.com, you really transform the look and the feel of your entire home. When they're right, everything in the house looks better. And when they're wrong, everything in the house looks cheap. If you need new blinds, or you want new blinds, there's only one place you'd want to go, right? And that's Blinds.com. With 15 million windows covered and over 30,000 five-star customer reviews, Blinds.com is America's number one online retailer for affordable, quality custom window coverings. Whether you're looking for energy efficiency, or you just moved, or you want to refresh the look of the home, Blinds.com makes the whole experience so fast and so easy. How do they make it fast and easy? Well, you'll find out when you go there. And you'll learn that every order gets free samples, free shipping, and free online design consultation. Just send the pictures of your house, and they'll send back custom recommendations from from a professional, not just some guy who's paging through a catalog. They'll tell you what will work with your color scheme, what works with your furniture and specific rooms. They'll even send you free samples to make sure everything looks good in person as it does online. I mean, who knows? The colors on your computer screen may not be adjusted accordingly. You want that real thing to have it in the real room, see how the light hits it so you know it's right for you. And if, if, you, if you mismeasure, you know, if you pick the wrong color, if you make a mistake, in other words, blinds.com will remake your blinds for free. They really made it easy for you. There's no excuse, really, to leave up those mangled blinds with the tangled cords and they're out of style and out of date and yellowed. Now, for a limited time, our listeners get $20 off a blinds.com order when you use the promo code ricochet that's blinds.com promo code ricochet for twenty dollars off faux wood blinds cellular shades roller shades and more blinds.com promo code ricochet rules and restrictions apply of course but our thanks to blinds.com for finally sponsoring this the ricochet podcast and now we have a couple of things we want to talk to you about um the first is going to be well I, should we do the long poll? Because I think the long poll is important. And let's say, oh. insert, insert trumpet fanfare music here. Okay. Oh, yeah. Great, right. Yeti. I mean, thank you for that. And then Rob, um, what is the long poll? So and, we're uh, going to we're going to change the name. I don't think it's going to stay the long poll. But uh, what I want to do is I want to poll have a regular poll of our members, but not about policy and stuff. Because like you know, I, I want to have a poll that other people, not Ricochet members, maybe in the media, would be interested to know. So. Um, uh, so it's really more about how you feel and what you expect than, um, you know, a way to express your political views. So uh, that's a complicated way to say it. Here's what I, here's the, fr- the first poll question is this, which Democrat do you hope runs against Trump? Mm. And, and, uh, we're only going to have, um, uh, choices of, of the, of the Democrats that, that are uh, eligible for the next debate. So it's not going to be, you know, you can't say, uh, you know, Somebody, you know, Leon Trotsky, right? It's got to be some actual Democrat who could who could conceivably in the realm of possibility win. And which one do you hope of all of them? Which is the one that you think easy to beat? Uh, You must be a Ricochet member to participate. So if you're not a Ricochet member, please join today. What I'm hoping comes from this is this kind of running consensus of how for the liberal media, how the other side is squaring up for the race. Is uh, Ira Glass behind this? Is your friend behind this, Rob? No, I don't. I mean, what I'm hoping is that he'll be interested and then he, people will talk about it because I really got feel like it, the, got members, it. the collective hive mind of Ricochet members is sort of smart and interesting and revealing and thoughtful and probably unexpected in a lot of ways. And um, one of the, our problems on the right is that we don't really, uh, you know, we just we're still in our little, you know, cubby holes. And it's, uh, you know, we should we should be a little bit more public and uh, we should be a little bit more um out there. And I, I, what I want is I want people to say, well, 
uh, not, not Republicans, but conservatives, like, you know, ideological conservative center right types. Ricochet members represent that, a full spectrum, really, of, uh, of, of thought on that side. And I'd like to know what they think. So if you're not a member, join. Uh, for a whole lot of reasons, not the least because it's a right, it's a good thing to do, and we'd love to have you be a member, and we def- definitely need your support. But if you are a member, please go and vote in this poll, uh, and then we'll probably keep it up for, I don't know, this is not very scientific, maybe a week, maybe less than a week, and we'll have a new one next week, and we'll talk about the results, and we're going to release the results. So I want everybody to know what the results are. I want people to talk about it. I want – my dream is that Jake Tapper on CNN <laughs> uh, mentions the Ricochet poll. Yes. Well, yes, this being yes. rigged. Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov slash careers step into the world of power loyalty and luck i'm gonna make him an offer he can't refuse with family cannolis and spins mean everything now you want to get mixed up in the family business introducing the godfather at chabacasino.com test your luck in the shadowy world of the godfather slot someday I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather. Now at ChumpaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire. Huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase There will be a civil discussion that follows afterwards, of course, as to the different reasons people have for answering that question as they did. I mean, there's still going to be some people who say, I, yeah. I, I want this person because this person can beat Trump and will be better for America, even though the, the yeah. lot of them seem to be practically foaming at the mouth to be, you know, to lead the Red May Day parade, but we'll you know, <laughs> right. get, get around to we, that. I, I don't think I'm exactly, I, I don't think this is dirty to, to, to do, but I, I, I do think our listeners should know about Rob's hidden life. He has friends <laughs> at NPR yeah. and will occasionally admit to at an MSNBC, and, actually, at the, and MSNBC and, and the, CNN. And, and they and they say and and Rob's this is perfectly standard. There's a they'll have dinner to, and midway through the dinner they'll look around the restaurant, make sure nobody else is listening, and then lean across to Rob and say, "Rob, listen, I every week I listen to the Ricochet podcast." Right, that's true. That is true. Um, and I I'm glad they do because I th- think it's probably only it's probably the only fifty <laughs> minutes of of, uh, of op- thoughtful uh, oppositional thought that they get. Um, but I do remember talking to a friend of mine who I will see later this evening, who was a, um, a, a smart guy, economist, very, very smart businessman, and, and uh, worked in the, the Clinton White House. Um, and uh, this, we were talking about this early 2016, and we had just seen uh, one debate, I think one or two of the uh, primary debates for Republican candidates. And he said, you know that Trump, you know, I know he's nuts and all that stuff. But, you know, he had the right answer to the Iran deal question. Back then it was the question about the Iran deal, and the question was, will you throw it out? And every candidate said, absolutely, day one, I'm going to put a giant line through it and throw it out. Only Trump, I mean, he later, of course, sort of changed his stripes, but only Trump had the right answer, which was, no, I'm going to look at it, look at the internals, maybe go back and get some stuff changed. I'm going to look at it first. And that was the that was Trump the deal maker. That's right. being asked a question and answering a real question. Really, I'm not gonna I'm gonna throw it out now. We're gonna like we're gonna play around with it. We're gonna kick the tires. We're gonna like bad mouth it a little bit. I'm gonna see what I can get. <laughs> uh, of course, he changed utterly at some point, but but for a while he was the. I mean, that's why that's why I asked him the Strassel that question. For a while he was really I, the 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 moderate to liberals that I knew were like, well, he's nasty, but you know. There's something to be said for intellectual flexibility that is not you know, completely bound and cinched with steel bands of uh, certainty. My daughter in college is taking a class called 
liberalism in the media, which I think is an interesting idea. I was very keen to see how the first day of class went, and apparently it went really well. And my daughter spoke up like three or four times and nailed some questions pretty nicely and got into a discussion about how the definition of liberalism has morphed over the last 50, 60 years. So I'm, I, I'm, I'm gratified to know that I'm spending all this money on a class that is not just simply here to say that the media is not liberal enough, and, I'm, and all of you must march out and do this. I'm less happy to know that uh, one of the classes that she has requires her actually to do a uh, – a spinoff of a Netflix show, Black Mirror. And I'm thinking, I'm not sure that's worth every damned dime I'm paying. But it did lead to an interesting conversation where she called up and said, uh, Dad, I need the Netflix password because you changed it. And I said, yes, yes, I did. If you're a parent <laughs> and your child is far away, you can actually get them to call you by changing the Netflix password. <laughs> it's brilliant. an instant, that is instant way. You know, and she, but she texts all the time and calls, so it wasn't that. But I was able to find – she said, no, I really legitimately, I need to watch Netflix for school. And she did. But even – you know, the odd thing is she's out there in Boston University, and I could, if I wished, if I was that sort – uh, I could monitor and control her internet usage. Now, she's an adult, so I'm not going to. But, you know, sometimes as a parent, you want to limit screen time. You want to keep it to, uh, you know, no, no more five minutes more. It turns into three hours. No, you want to be able to control what your child can do because there's a lot of bad stuff out there. And sometimes having an uninterrupted, untrammeled flow of screen time hours at a time is bad. It's not good. That's why there's Circle. Uh, if you're struggling to make sure that that five minutes more doesn't end up being five hours, use Circle to set your limits and end the screen time debate with your kids once and for all. Circle is the easiest way to manage your family's online time across all connected devices inside and outside of your home, wherever they are. With Circle Home Plus and the Circle app, so think a little device and then think an app on your phone, parents can filter what content is allowed, set limits for screen time, and monitor the history and the usage. That's a lot of granular information, and it's useful in this day and age. Keep track across every connected device, from laptops, phones, and tablets, to smart TVs, streaming devices, video game consoles, all from one app. Each family member, they have their own profile. It's fully customizable for their needs, their age, and their maturity. So you never stop worrying about your kids. Well, I mean, you never know. You can't control them walking past a TV in a showroom and seeing something. But, you know, with Circle, you'll have one less thing to worry about when it comes to their devices and how much time they spend on them. So... Right now, our listeners get a limited time offer of $30 off a of Circle Home Plus when you visit meetcircle.com slash ricochet and enter the promo code ricochet at checkout. Get $30 off when you go to meetcircle.com slash ricochet. Enter the code ricochet at the checkout. It's a limited time podcast offer only. And if you're wondering how this works, you get a small little box. Unboxing is very nice and ceremonial like an Apple product. The device itself fits instantly into your system, into your, where you plug in your internet, and it pairs, and it just works. That's all there is to it. MeetCircle.com slash Ricochet. Enter the promo code Ricochet to save $30. And our thanks to Circle for sponsoring this, the Ricochet podcast. Well, there's your poll. We had another feature coming up, didn't we? Uh, remind me what that was again. Oh, yeah. <clears throat> the Lilacs yeah, member. The the, yeah, yeah, the yes, Lilacs yes, me yes. member post of the week. All right. I love the uh, the the member only section of Ricochet, um, but there's some stuff that is great there and migrates to the home page. And you find I mean, you'll find discussion on every single issue of the day at Ricochet. But what makes the site different and special is when it flows outside, overflows its banks and people add their own little interests and their own expertise. And Gary McVeigh had a piece, <clears throat> excuse me. On TV's color wars, it was called Autumn 1946, 49, 51, and 53, that traces the long history, technologically, socially, et cetera, of color TV, going back to something that people may not even remember, that there was another standard, that there was a day, actually, when they invented color TV before we think that they did. It's quite remarkable, and it's... if. Television is inexplicably intertwined with American culture post-war, and color television started a whole new world of simulating reality that got us to the point where we are today in the immersive environments of sitting in front of our vast 4Ks. It all started with these devices and with these brilliant men who came up with how to do this. And frankly, a lot of us have our hard time wrapping our brains around the transmission of images in the first place. For that matter, some people can't figure out exactly how you can talk into a phone and a wire vibrates and goes across the country and comes out as a voice the other end. Thanks to members like Gary McVeigh, these things are explained and given humor and wit and interesting explanation of an American cultural phenomenon. 
I know, I know the Russians probably invented color TV. Pop up, check up and tell us. But there you go. That's right. the member post because it's not just politics. Life is more than politics. And the more time you spend at Ricochet, the more you realize that most of life is politics. And that's reflected on the site. Right. Right now, Rob, there's a jet headed for your house, I believe. Or I, I think it must be. Is it me yeah. or is it you? I thought it was you. Me. I got the jets overhead, but I have my windows closed. I have an app on my phone, actually, that tells me where every jet going overhead is from. Or where well, that's it's, uh, cool. Do you feel it? I do. And if I was to upgrade it to you know, $2.99 a month, I would have a 3D version that would show mm. the planes wherever they are, you know, topographic um, verity showing the little shadow on the ground. I mean, it's astonishing. When my wife landed home from Boston last Sunday, she didn't have to call and say, I'm here. I'm <laughs> looking at my phone, and I'm literally watching the plane taxi to the gate. And when the plane got to the gate, that's when I got in the car because I figured by the time I got there, she'd have her baggage and be out. Amazing world, isn't it? Yeah. Right. I, well, remember when mm. you used to meet people at the gate? I mean, I remember yes, that. But yes, yes, yes. I have a friend who's such, an, uh, such a geek. Such a, they call him AV geek. Such an uh, uh, aviation geek. That I, I told him, I said, I'm, I, and I, was, I flew here, I, I told him about a trip I took recently. And he said, oh, wait, what, what was the equipment? Which is just like a very, you know. <laughs> I, I, I use that. Oh, I, I, know, I, I, <laughs> and I said, I, I, I knew you were going to ask. So I, so I told him. And he said, oh, did they have the curved bins or were they, had they replaced them with the angular ones? Ooh. I'm like, well, that is a little too much detail for me. I don't remember the shape of the overhead bin. And he kind of looked at me <laughs> like, well, then why fly? <laughs> then why you to get away? But yeah, so I, I get it. We have a new neighbor in the house next door, which has been unoccupied for years. And um, I met him the other day, and he's a pilot. He's a pilot for Delta, but then he's going to work for Alaska. Uh, and it's great because I'm I'm horrible with names, and his name is actually High. So now I I have no problem remembering his name at all. But I did the same thing as Rob, Rob's friend, like to throw around the term. So well, what well, is the equipment? What's the equipment? That is surely, that is surely the start of a novel by James Lilacs. The house next door, unoccupied Captain frequency. High? Captain High. Captain yeah, High. Captain High. Captain High. Yeah, he comes and goes and keeps strange hours and lives in the, house, <laughs> the unoccupied house next door. All right. We'll see where this. I, want, I don't want to be flown anywhere by Captain High, to be quite honest with you. Well, maybe if the bins are curved. Well, here's the great thing. Um, he, so, so we're talking about. Um, we just could get talking about stuff. I don't know how across the fence, which is fun. He's he's holding a kid, and I'm holding my dog, so the dog doesn't bark. And he he describes his family, how long they've been in the cities and whatnot, and that one of his relatives used to run a very uh, famous Vietnamese restaurant in town, uh, because his family comes from Vietnam. And he he one, at one point he says. And then my uncle had this ad in City Pages, which is a publication I used to work for. And I said, I stopped him and I said, I know the ad. It's a picture of this guy smiling. And he says, I didn't come 4,000 miles to cook you a bad meal. I didn't oh, come 4,000. <laughs> and, 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 and he said, he said that's my uncle. And I said, wow. and I, I used to look at that ad all the time and say, no, you came 4,000 miles to escape a murderous collectivist regime. <laughs> but as long as you're here, you're going to cook us some pretty good food. Yeah, right. <laughs> and so small world, small world that Captain High next door to me, his uncle was the guy who was in that ad that I saw for years years back in the 70s and 80s and at whose restaurant I ate. Minneapolis, big town, small town. Gentlemen, um, I kind of have to go to the office now. Yeah, so, you got to work. You got you know, a job. I do have a job. and But there's one more thing that Rob's going to tell you. But before he does, and, and Peter will tell you too, before he does, I got to tell you, it's Lending Club. It's Blinds.com and it's Circle. Three great products and you'll avail yourself of them Promptly, right? Support them for supporting us. You'll find all the codes, which are Ricochet, and all the links at the site. And if you enjoyed us, please go to, oh, God, do I have to say this again? Yes, go to iTunes right now, because unless you do so, we will all burst into flames and be in an eternal peril. And you can leave a review, and then more people discover us, and more people listen. And the next thing you know, um, Kimberly Strasser will be unable to download because the servers are crashed because so many people are trying to get the piece. Uh, Peter, Rob, you had one last word of advice or observation for folks for this week. Uh, my my uh, observation for folks is to join Ricochet and 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 make your voice heard in the poll. Um, we're gonna Man, we're gonna I'll, we're gonna go big. 
Always be closing. Coffee is for closers. Yep. Uh, and Peter, the steak knives go to you for <laughs> simply. My advice is simply to reflect upon this podcast, which began with breaking the sod in North Dakota and ends with curved bins in jets that we track as they pass overhead. It is a young and astonishing country. It is. And the gratitude that I feel having been born to it is boundless. And as for those young whippersnappers who don't share it, get off my lawn. Thank you for listening to this, the Ricochet (laughs) podcast. Rob, Peter, it's been a pleasure. We'll see everybody in the comments at Ricochet 4.0. Next week, week, fellas. In the eye of a hurricane, there is quiet for just a moment. A yellow sky. When I was 17, a hurricane destroyed my town. I didn't drown. I couldn't seem to die. I wrote my way out. Wrote everything down far as I could see. I wrote my way out. I looked up and the town had its eyes on me. We passed a plane around. Strangers moved to kindness by my story. Raised enough for me to book passage on a ship that was New York bound. I wrote my way out of hell. I wrote my way to revolution. I was louder than the crack in the bell. I wrote Eliza, love letters until she fell. I wrote about the Constitution and defended it well. And in the face of ignorance and resistance, I wrote financial systems into existence. And when my prayers to God were met with indifference, I picked up a pen, I wrote my own deliverance. In the eye of a hurricane, there is quiet for just a moment. A yellow sky. I was 12 when my mother died. She was holding me. We were sick and she was holding me. I couldn't seem to die. Wait for me, wait for me, wait for me. I'll write my way out. Write everything down far as I can see. I'll write my way out. Overwhelm them with honesty. This is the eye of the hurricane. This is the only way I can protect my legacy. Reynolds pamphlet. The Reynolds pamphlet. Have you read this? Ricochet. Join the conversation.